Hey, Real Ghost Stories Online family, Harper and myself are inviting you to join us for a live experience coming up on January 26th at 8 p.m. Central. We're going to look inside some of the scariest stories we have ever told. It's going to be a night of heart-stopping stories. Woo! I know I'm not going to sleep. Join us for the stories and discussion. To get tickets for this exclusive live event, go to moment.co slash ghost stories. That's moment.co slash ghost stories. Or find the link in this episode description. And we'll see you on January 26th. Get tickets for the show and upgrade if you want to special meet and greet opportunities and after show discussion moment.co slash ghost stories get your tickets now for this worldwide digital experience inside the scariest stories with harper and myself of real ghost stories online don't be late Today on Real Ghost Stories Online, it's more of your real ghost stories from real people. We're going to do open lines and take your calls at 855-853-4802. Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802. Or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You're about to enter the world of the unknown, and quite possibly, the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. Yes, indeed it is. Welcome to the program in 855-853-4802, the phone number to call and share your real ghost stories with us. We'd love to hear them. You can also write in at realghoststoriesonline.com, and if you enjoy the program, get extra episodes, advanced episodes, the archive of episodes, all of it commercial free all of it there for you on apple podcast you can sign up there to become an extra podcast purser a person uh or if you're not an apple podcast user patreon.com slash real ghost stories or on our website ghostpodcast.com to get access to all of those extras it's uh tony and todd with you on today's episode of the program what's going on Apologize for being a little bit behind. You had to contact me uh, because I was deeply involved in a Match Game 74 episode. <laughs> so I, uh, and Brett Summers wasn't there, so I had to find out what the hell was going on with Brett. And then I get the message, hey, are we recording tonight? So I'm like, well, I'll have to pause this and come back to it. <laughs> well, that's good. I mean, that's a good valid excuse because I'd be wondering what happened. Why is this person not there? What's going on with? Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> Match Game 76, you said? 74. Oh, 74. Okay, match game 74. Yeah. Is that still on Game Show Network? It, oh, yeah. Well, I was watching it on Buzzer, which is oh, uh, okay. some spinoff of it or something like mm-hmm. that. But yeah, I mean, uh, I was I haven't had a chance to really do that lately because it's yeah. been so busy. But I uh, I got done with work a little early today. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to turn it on and watch the orange carpet for a while and see how it all goes. And <laughs> actually, of course, as always, it was a lot of fun. You, sometimes you just need the mental escape from everything that's you know the holidays all of that just having something to just you know veg out on and let your mind go somewhere else uh i've been working today on uh getting the house cleaned up uh, and this is airing i know much later into the month uh but we're recording this on the 2nd of january uh, 2023 and just took the tree down and get all that getting the house ready uh, cuz we're going to actually be moving and people are going to be like what to that 
Uh, we'll talk about that at another time. It's all good. Everything's good there. But um, I'm getting, uh, you know, just so many things. And I turned on, uh, I was first trying to watch some news and I was getting into that. So I just turned on, what did I, Cheers. I was watching Cheers ah. this afternoon and it was just kind of nice. It's just like, okay, nothing. So Diane Chambers uh, Cheers or later on Kirstie Alley Cheers? I prefer the Kirstie Alley years. Do you really? 100%. Yeah. Wow. I could never stand her character. Really? Like, I could not stand her character. And uh, probably because I saw her on Match Game as a contestant back in like 1978 or 9 or something like that. Okay. And, uh, she was kind of a bitch back then. But yeah. At any rate, I digress. So, yeah. yeah. I always liked, I mean, and that's more when I started watching, I think, too, because I was like, an, I was, I was, I think Cheers started the year I was born. So the sure, uh, the Diane, rub it in. yeah the Diane Chamber years I was too little but when I started watching it was uh uh, uh so and Frazier was on at that point right yeah, Frazier was on yeah. it yep, yep yep I don't I don't remember watching the coach years until watching him in reruns oh my goodness but no but I do remember watching Cheers new episodes um you know for the last probably I don't know last four or five seasons of it do you remember the very last episode and the very last mm-hmm. scene yep yeah where yep, he, me too. Yeah, I remember that night, and there there's big TV specials about it, and all that. It was uh, it was quite news broadcasts, right? Yeah. All the news, the news yeah. local news stations were down at some yeah. bar, and people were watching Cheers. Yeah, it was quite the production. Uh, you know, and that was, it's interesting because television, there's there's nothing that that many people are watching the same thing of anymore. Um, right. So it's kind of like you kind of had to be there to know what that was like. It was different, but it was, I liked that. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online. Let's go to a caller. Hi. Hey, Tony and the crew. Vinny from New York giving you a call. Um, Tony, I was just listening to the episode with you and Todd, and it was from June 20th, and the title of the episode was Did the Ghost of a Grandfather Come Through a Portal? Uh, and in the episode, you guys are talking about um, the issue that some religious folks have with the paranormal and, and this kind of rejection of, uh, or, you know, ignoring the whole Father, Son, Holy Ghost, or the involvement, you know, some people will say, oh, I acknowledge the existence of demons and angels and all that, but they draw the line at ghosts. And, um, yeah, it's definitely a thing. As someone who's been investigating for a while now and has, you know, been out in the field and worked with different people, it's definitely, it's definitely a thing. Um, just some personal experiences regarding that topic is that, you know, I remember one time I was in the middle of giving a lecture and someone just blurted out, Oh, so you don't believe in God. And I, it took me aback because I, I had no idea where that came from. Um, and they, it, it, you know, and I was like, well, what does that mean? What does that have to do with anything? And for me, it kind of opened up my eyes to the idea that, you know, in the paranormal, pe- you know, people coming at it from different, um, different points of view and different uh, entry points. And, you know, for him, he was coming at it from, you know, working from a, a religious standpoint, where for me, religion was never an issue because quite honestly, I myself am not a religious person. I mean, grew up in a religious home. Um, so for me, it was always just a matter of, oh, people have had experiences and it's believed to be the spirits of humans who have come back or whatever the case is. And at no point, like I said, was religious, was, was there any kind of religious connections to it. Um, and then even within investigators themselves, you'll see people have different approaches to investigating. Some people will use electronic based, scientific based equipment. And that's pretty much what I do. And it sounds like that's what Todd does as well. Um, 
And it sounds like that's what you and Harper are getting into as well, which is great. Uh, but for other people, they'll do things like Ouija boards and dowsing rods and, you know, seances and a little more archaic things. And other people in the, in the field will look at that and be like, what the, what, you know, what the hell are you doing with that? So it's, it's just interesting to see how broad of a spectrum this topic really can cover and how many different ways there are to investigate this topic. But getting back to the religious thing, um, I have, you know, growing up in a very Italian, you know, Catholic family, uh, even though my, I myself am not Catholic, um, you know, my aunts and uncles are very against what I do. You know, they kind of associate it with like almost, you know, not as probably not as severe as devil worship in their eyes, but it's just reckless. And after years and years of my uncle kind of like really disapproving of what I was doing, I remember one time I gave him um, my business card and he kind of looked at it and just shook his head. He goes, oh, you're barking up the wrong tree, man. You know, like this is really dangerous, you know. And I and again, I was like, what is he talking about? And then finally, one day, you know, he and I had the conversation. And I think the root of it, the whole point of this phone call you know, to try to tie a knot into it or a bow, whatever, is that um, for someone like him, um, who's very devout to the religion and studied the Bible thoroughly, he said, you know, to be without the body is to be to be in the presence of the Lord. That's what he told me. So what he was trying to say is that if you're not in your own body as a living person and you're a good person and you die, you immediately go to heaven that's that's at least that was my interpretation of it so therefore there's really no reason or room for such a thing as a ghost so if i'm interacting with what i think is a ghost it's probably not that instead it's probably something evil and malevolent trying to trick me or an investigator you know and that's why they take the the topic of ghost hunting so seriously or ghosts so seriously because it's not a ghost of a person it's something more uh evil trying to again manipulate people here on earth that's their theory and i just figured i'd call and share some you know share some light on that um and i'd be you know very interested to hear what other people uh of various religious backgrounds think or what their perception is of the topic uh other than that Sorry, not a ghost story today. Just kind of weighing in on a conversation you guys are having. Um, that all being said, keep up the great work. Love you guys, and Happy New Year. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you, Vinny. Uh, thoughts on, on all of that? Well, I'm glad that his name is Vinny and that he is uh, Italian and Catholic. And I mean, he was everything that I would want a Vinny to be from New oh, York. He's and great. All that yeah. kind of stuff, he, right? He texts me back and forth a lot. When he when he goes uh, in on the train and he passes the Amityville sign, he always he sends it to me via text. You know, my mom was very she was Catholic as well. She went back to the Catholic religion uh, toward the end of her life, say the last 10 or 15 years or something like that. And when I got into the investigating as well, she was not very happy with me about it because of kind of that same thought process. Mm -hmm. I think the closer she got to her own death, though, I think she had some realizations that maybe that was not necessarily what was going on. Plus, you know, I'd shown her so many things that had happened at, and investigations and things of that nature. And then ironically, you know, hopefully Vinny's uh, relatives are not correct in this, that we're not contacting some demons or whatever, but you know, you know, within the last year, you know, I've had contact with my mom. So 
I, I, I would hope that, you know, people could kind of set that aside, but I understand where he's coming from. And it's a great thought process because like any other topic, any other topic you talk about, there's so many different views to it mm -hmm. and you don't have to agree on it by any means. Everybody can investigate the way they want. Um, and I think there's room for everybody's talk at the table. I think it's good to discuss that kind of stuff. I think a lot of that that thinking comes in play just because that's that's what they've always been told, and they never really looked into it much further beyond that. Uh, when when people think, oh, it's it's all demons. Well, okay, how many how many ghost stories have you heard? Well, I don't really pay attention to any. Okay, well, you know, I've listened to God knows how many now, and and there's there's some that clearly are pretty dark. But there's plenty where there's nothing dark that happens whatsoever. In fact, it's a healing uh, experience for someone based on what's going on for them in a very, very positive way. I, I'd almost say it's, you know, it's about half of the, the stories we have. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, it can be, uh, it can be a very good thing. 855-853-4802 uh, is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online. Let's go to another caller. Hi. Hello, it's Matt from Oklahoma City. I was just listening to uh, the old episode about the batfish and Tony. They didn't cut the submarine up. They brought it to Oklahoma via the Mississippi River and then the Arkansas River, which is where it's anchored. Anyway, uh, I thought I would kind of break with my personal stories of uh, from experiences that happen in everyday situations to uh, one of our stays at the uh, Lent Mansion in St. Louis. My wife and I stayed there in 2006, and then we actually went back again in, uh, at the end of last year in 2021 uh, under new ownership. I could get into the differences between the owners and how it's run now versus then, but that's kind of a different story. Anyway, the first time that we went in 2006, we really lucked out. I had called uh, to book the trip and requested a specific suite and, uh, didn't didn't get the suite that we wanted, and I was told that there were other guests that had booked it, being the reason that we couldn't. Uh, at any rate, we uh, ended up in the William Lemp suite, and by the time we arrived at the Lemp mansion, I guess some people had canceled because the very first night we stayed there, and I believe we stayed two nights. The very first night we stayed there, turned out that uh, we were the only people in the mansion. And the setup's pretty much the same now as it was in 2006. They give you a key to the back stairwell. And if you have to leave after hours, you let yourself out that door, lock it up, and then come back in the same door. At any rate, uh, the owners were a lot more hands-on in 2006. And when they handed us our key, they told us that 
after 11.30 p.m., all the staff went home, and we would be the only ones in the house. We could have the entire run of the house anywhere we wanted to go except for the basement, which is their kitchen, and the bar area because they said that they had motion detectors in those two uh, areas. So it's a three-story mansion, not including the basement and the attic rooms. Uh, it's a pretty, pretty huge house, and for us to go through it, take our time, do a little investigating, that sort of thing, I would imagine it probably took us two and a half hours to get through the whole house. And fortunately for us, back then, we were able to access attic rooms, which are now closed off to the public. Uh, my wife's the one among the two of us that's more sensitive and has more personal experiences and things happen to her. I'm pretty much clueless in a lot of ways in that regard. And there was an attic room that we went into and took a lot of photos. Uh, we never communicate because we are practitioners and students of deliverance ministry and that's forbidden by scripture. But we do run digital recorders and you'd be surprised how many EVPs we get without even asking questions. Anyway, we went into this attic room, didn't really specifically experience anything other than my wife was completely and totally creeped out by that room, did not want to go inside, stood at the doorway when I went inside to, to shoot some video and photos and really refused to enter the room and then was already pestering me pretty quickly to leave that room and go elsewhere in the house. But uh, nothing actually happened other than her spidey senses being heightened in there. Anyway, we probably made it uh, back to our room by about 1.30 or so. Uh, my wife was a day shift person, so she's always been kind of a lightweight in terms of staying up late, so that was going to be the end of our investigation part of the night. But once again, opportunity of a lifetime to have the entire house to ourselves all night long. It was great. And... So we were getting ready to go to bed and retire for the night, and both of us heard, clear as day, loud, clear footsteps walking down the hallway. Now, I can't remember which of us thought uh, the footsteps were coming from the floor above us or are the same floor we were on. But we, though we both heard it clear, clearly, uh, one of us thought it was on coming from the floor above us. The other thought it was the floor we were on. But at any rate, we kind of both looked at each other, got a little excited because these footsteps were loud. And that's quite the personal experience to have. And then uh, I've been a police officer for over 33 years, so I uh, checked the house with my pistol drawn and uh, I have a lot of experience of doing building checks so 
I wasn't able to find any evidence of anyone else being in the house. So, once again, my wife's the one that always has things happen to her, personally. Excuse that radio traffic. Anyway, I always put a camera on the nightstand, and I always tell my wife to wake me up if she hears anything in the night, which is an exercise of futility because she never does. But in the middle of the night, she heard footsteps in the room approaching her side of the bed. And as usual, she was too afraid to look or to wake me. And so she just covered her head with the bedding and didn't tell me about it till the morning. The second time we stayed in 2021, uh, not not as nearly as great of an experience, and we didn't have the house to ourselves at all. Uh, but it was still kind of neat to go back to a place that we had been years ago and had that experience in. So that's it for my Lent Mansion experience. And as always, I'll call back at a later date with another story. Thanks for sharing uh, all of that with us. Let Mansion, a very uh, interesting place in uh, St. Louis uh, area. I have always wanted to go, and I—I I mean, I've st- I've read stories and seen photographs and uh, read history about that mansion. I've never had a chance to go, and I'm not sure how I'd respond if I were in my bedroom and I heard footsteps walking up to me. You know, I. I don't, you know, would you run? I don't know. I might, you know, if, if, if I'm not in investigation mode, sometimes the old childhood fears kind of creep in, you know, and it's yeah. like, I think, I think I'd probably jump out of bed and go, get me the hell out of here. You know, I, I don't know that I'd be sticking around. And I thought it was interesting. You drew his pistol and walked around. <laughs> that, that that could have ended very badly. <laughs> well, it's like Clarissa, Clarissa, the, uh, the cook shows up late at night with yeah. a side of beef or something that she had to put in the freezer and she's gone. That would have turned into a very uh, a tragic story very quickly uh, on top of all the other history uh, at, uh, at the Lent mansion. I've never been there. Um, uh, there there's a, uh, Let Mansion obviously has its own ghost stories, but then there's another individual who uh, really runs with the name and creates uh, haunted attractions. Uh, And one of them is uh, the haunted uh, Lemp, and it's not truly in the location, uh, but it's in that area, uh, the Lemp Mansion Haunted House. And I do all the the voiceovers for that. Do you really? That's cool. That's how I learned about it initially was that. And I'm like, what do you mean? There's a real, like, oh, and they're two totally separate things, not the same owners whatsoever. Um, but uh, if you're in St. Louis, you know about that that story. You know about the 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 real Lemp Mansion, and but I guess the um, the you know the for fun haunted house is one of the best uh, in the country. I'm not just saying that because I do the voiceovers, but I guess it's like he puts a lot of work and money into those things. Um, and you it, know, I, you, you, a lot of these breweries, Lemp Brewery, of course, is what the family kind of was hanging their hat on over the years. Yep. A lot of brewers have haunted, and breweries themselves, old breweries are haunted. You know, Pabst Brewery in Milwaukee yeah. and, and the and the uh, theater and the Pabst Mansion, all very, very haunted. I, you know, that's I, it's interesting to me. And I think it lends to the fact that 
these families put so much hard energy and work into building these businesses. And that's why some of that stuff sticks around. I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number. Hi. Hello. Uh, first of all, I'm new to listening to your podcast. and It's very, very good. Um, it keeps me very interested. I love listening to it when I'm traveling to and from visiting my son. He lives about two and a half hours away from me. So this really helps me a lot with driving too. <clears throat> first of all, I'd like to talk about the childhood home that we lived in, uh, it was me and my older brother and younger brother, mom and dad. This was in Bloomington, Illinois. Dad had rented this big old house. It was three stories high, had a basement. We'd never lived in a house with a basement before, so this was all fun, especially with stairs. Here, we kids love running up and down the stairs, sliding down the banister. Anyway... It was a lot of fun. The house uh, had a furnace that used coal, and there was a coal chute by a window going into the basement to the outside. Um, it was always really cold in the wintertime. <clears throat> Dad would have to go down, start the fire in the basement, soak the coal. He had to crank this handle back and forth to sift the, the ashes away so the fire would burn. Anyway... Dad would always go in the house, leave us in the car with the motor running in the wintertime so he could go in and get the house warm for us before we came in. <clears throat> so we could always remember hearing him grinding on that handle back and forth when he was working the furnace. So this one winter, it had snowed probably 12, 14 inches deep of snow. Me and my brother would always go to church Sundays and sometimes Wednesdays, but this particular Sunday, Mom and Dad, they always stayed home. They had things that they wanted to do. So one particular Sunday, it was at Christmas time, we had a tree up and um, all the decorations in the house was decorated. And uh, we came in from church <clears throat> this Sunday morning in the snow. Mom and Dad were kind of, surprised look on their face. They were looking at us like, are you guys okay? And turning us around and scanning over us, like looking for something wrong. And uh, we're like, fine, yeah, we just got in from church. And we're like, well, why? What's the matter? And uh, they didn't really want to tell us. So we heard them talking in the kitchen and they were saying how you know, they, they kids seem to look okay. And I'm like, Mom, finally, you know, let us know what's going on. So they told us that they had uh, gone somewhere in the car, and they came back to the house. And when they got back, when they walked in the living room, there was like a puddle of blood in the floor when they opened the door, right inside the doorway. And they immediately thought it was one of us hurt. So they went through the house yelling for us, but we never answered because, of course, we were at church. So they began walking through the house, looking through all the rooms, upstairs, downstairs, in the basement, coming back up. They had noticed, too, the puddle of blood. There was a trail. It was trailing off to the side door. So 
it stopped at the side door. And looking up at the door facing, there was a handprint in blood. It was, you could see the finger, finger the fingerprints very easily. Where somebody looked like they had laid their hand against the facing of the wall at the doorway. And the, the blood puddled at that area. And then it trailed outside into the snow. And it made it to the, the alleyway and stopped. And Mom and Daddy called the police. And they had come and investigated and couldn't find anything. So um, we were puzzled. We never, we never actually found out what happened. Uh, if somebody that my father knew had come in looking for him, of course, the house was locked, too, so that was puzzling. But, yeah, it was just an odd thing. And then another episode that we had there was just a, a, my brother slept in a little room off to where mine was upstairs, off to the side. And he woke me up one night, and he was calling out to me. And he finally, I woke up, and he said, I need you to turn on the light. I'm like, no, I'm sleeping. I don't want the light on. Please, please turn on the light. I finally said, I'm not going to do this. He said, I'll give you my allowance. Okay. So I got up, turned on the light. I said, what's wrong with you? He was like, nothing, just nothing. He said, I need to sleep in your bed. I'm like, no, you're not sleeping in my bed. Yeah, please, sis. I, I really need to. I'm scared. I'm like, what's wrong with you? He said, I saw a lady. And she was standing at the foot of my bed looking at me. And she wouldn't go away. And I'm like, okay, if you're that scared, come stay with me. So he slept in my bed with me, and it's like everything was fine. But... There was one night that I woke up and I saw the lady. And she looked very sad. She was just standing at the foot of the bed looking at him. Very sad look on her face. And when I got up to turn the light on, she went away. And there was another time where my dad was gone doing some work and we were at home by ourselves, just me and mom, my brother, and it started to get cold in the house. And mom was like, oh, no, we've got to go start the furnace, you know, get the furnace going again because it's starting to get cold. We dreaded that. So we waited and waited and waited. And then after a little while, we heard the handle cranking on the furnace sipping the ashes. And my mom looked at us. We looked at her. It was like, and the basement door was locked from the top. The top, the door leading down into the basement was latched. And we knew that the, the coal chute window was always locked. So we were scared. And we knew Daddy wasn't there. So this was back before you had any type of cell phones either. So we were terrified. We sat there not moving. He didn't go anywhere out of that kitchen. And then until Daddy got home, when Daddy got home, we told him about it. And he unlocked the basement door and went down looking, looked all around and couldn't find anything. And the basement 
whole sheet was locked from the inside. So whatever it was, we never found out what it was. We just knew that it was down there cranking on that handle. It's just almost like it was trying to take care of us. I don't know. But that's the ghost story that I have for you now. And I lived and breathed those days. It was a very scary old house, but still had a feeling for it of love. I don't know why, but anyway, love your show. Keep up the good work. Keep up the good story. Thank you. God bless. Bye-bye. Thanks for sharing that uh, that story with us. Well, I guess, you know, there were, the ghost was trying to get the house heated in a good way. Didn't just set fire to it. So that's a plus. I would think so. Yeah. Um, you know, yes. New houses, obviously they can be haunted. New locations. There's nothing like an old house, though. And I'm talking about like old houses where they're built and there's not really blueprints for it. So they kind of build it and they kind of build around whatever they're doing kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And there's odd little rooms and there's little step ups to places that don't make sense. (laughs) And there's little cubby holes. Those are the scariest houses ever. I like those houses. (laughs) I did too. My grandmother had one of them. It was a really weird freaking house. Yeah. And I I swear it was haunted. But yeah, you know, dirt floor in the basement and a little room over here that didn't make any sense. And you had to step up into one of the bedrooms. And I just really creepy. But yeah, they are the scariest things. That's what I, when uh, I'm out looking at houses and stuff, uh, the last time I moved, Uh, I went through one and I knew I was not going to buy it, but I just really wanted to see it because it was coming up on listings and it was so bizarre. It it was just this kind of colonial looking house from the outside, but then they added on over here. They added on over there. They added on on the top. They added, I mean, there were so many weird add-ons. It reminded me almost of uh, house on the rock. Uh, but the actual house itself where it was like, where, because some parts were really symmetrical and it was kind of almost interesting. The, uh, the architecture and then some were like literally just kind of thrown together. It was all these different eras of, of things on this house. And there was an upstairs that you could only get to by going up this one very kind of hidden, bizarre stairwell. There was another upstairs, two separate upstairs, uh, that you had to go, uh, like, to the outside and go through like a roof entryway to get into it. Oh my God. And, and it was just, it was neat. It would have needed so much work though. It was, you know, it, it had so many problems and the, the, it was carpet everywhere and you could just tell it was like 30 year old carpet. Um, but it was neat. If someone really wanted to work on that thing, they could turn it into something. I don't know whatever happened to it. They also had a pond in the shape of a guitar. I don't know why, but when they excavated it, they had a What state was this in? This was here. This This was here in Northwest Arkansas. Yeah. I don't know. And I I asked, like, was there, like, a musician's house or something? Like, no, just somebody's farm. (laughs) When we're done with that addition over there, we're going to put a pond in and I'm going to make it look like a guitar. I know. And you could tell, like, time has kind of, you know, eroded it a little bit. So it didn't look like a great guitar anymore. But it was still a guitar. It was it was just all these little random weirdnesses uh, to the house. Uh, and places like that, I like visiting. I don't think I could ever really live in it, though, and yeah. be yep. at peace. I think I would be always thinking, what's going to happen? You know, <laughs> yeah, I agree. Next. 
So, all right, that's going to wrap up today's episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. If you like the show, keep us on the air, become an extra per- podcast person. Sign up. Uh, you can do it directly through Apple Podcasts now and get all the premium content there, advanced episodes, uh, the EPP bonus episodes, everything ad-free, the archive, patreon.com slash Stories or ghostpodcast.com. Until next time, for Todd, I'm Tony. Thanks for listening to Real Ghost Stories Online. Hey, Real Ghost Stories Online family. Harper and myself are inviting you to join us for a live experience coming up on January 26 at 8 p.m. Central. We're going to look inside some of the scariest stories we have ever told. It's going to be a night of heart-stopping stories. Woo! I know I'm not going to sleep. Join us for the stories and discussion. To get tickets for this exclusive live event, go to moment.co slash ghost stories. That's moment.co slash ghost stories. Or find the link in this episode description. And we'll see you on January 26th. Get tickets for the show and upgrade if you want to special meet and greet opportunities and after show discussion. Moment.co slash ghost stories. Get your tickets now for this worldwide digital experience inside the scariest stories with Harper and myself of Real Ghost Stories Online. Don't be late.